8.02 on a Thursday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. This hour of Halford and Bruff is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit Campbell-Pound.com today. Hour three, which we are currently in the midst of, is also brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Let's go to the phone line, shall we? Talk a little Canucks right here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, joining us now, the play-by-play voice of those Canucks, Brendan Batchelor. Here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Batch? How are you? Good. Good to talk to you guys. How are you? Uh, we're good, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Good to talk to you as well. Uh, interesting week in Canuckland. It's died down a little bit over the last couple of days, but you were out at Scotia Barn and talking to a handful of people that were in attendance, including Canucks General Manager Patrick Alvin, who was speaking after the JT Miller extension. Uh, curious to get your takeaways from that conversation. Of course, Miller's Zoom as well after signing that big extension with the club yeah you know i think uh much like i've heard you guys talk about on your show this week it it seems that the canucks you know tried to move money this offseason tried to do a number of different things and i think it's pretty clear that either the market wasn't there for the things they wanted to do or they didn't see the the value uh, returning in terms of, of making moves or, or really changing this roster in, in any sort of serious way. And so this, this group with, you know, a, a couple of notable additions with the likes of, you know, Curtis Lazar and Ilya Mikheyev and Andre Kuzmenko is returning, you know, as a much more similar group to last season than I think any of us would have expected. So, you know, that to me is, is interesting, although I think Patrick Alvin uh, might have hinted at the fact that he, he may still be looking to do something to mm-hmm. try and tweak the blue line or, or maybe upgrade if he can. Um, but I think if he can is the key part of that sentence. And really it's been uh, sort of the, the way this Canucks offseason has been defined is an organization that had plans to do certain things but wasn't able to do them. So when training camp starts in just a few weeks, do all the TV cameras and microphones now shuffle over from the JT Miller scrum over to Bo Horvat and ask him <laughs> what's going on with his contract? Yeah, probably. Uh, that feels like the the nature of the narrative right now, although I guess it is possible that they get a Horvat extension done between now and training camp, but uh, he would be the next guy on the list, right, now that they've got Miller locked up. Uh, you know, they talked about having discussions with Horvat's camp. Alvin mentioned that the other day. Um, you know, I think it's clear that they want to extend him. You know, Alvin name-checked him as one of the guys they considered part of their core. Uh, and I would imagine if the priority for the hockey club was to get the Miller extension done so that it wasn't too big of a distraction going into the season, then Horvat can't be much further behind on that list because, you know, as you rightly point out, uh, those are going to be the questions at the start of training camp, I would imagine, although, you know, with a a year left on his deal, it's not like it's an incredibly pressing matter. But that said, uh, you know, I think it, it would remove any lingering distraction or any lingering narrative that people want to put on the start of this season if you have your captain under contract you have your top scorer under contract and you can go to the year focusing on hockey which is something that this organization hasn't been able to do 
in recent years, really, whether it was, you know, the, the Pedersen and Hughes situation last year. Uh, you know, it feels like every single year there's a, a contract discussion or, you know, Travis Green was going into the last year of his deal prior to that. So uh, it, it would be a, a refreshing change if, if this could just be about hockey at training camp and not about off-ice narratives. Do you think there's ever been a season in Canucks history where the focus on getting off to a good start has been present as much as it's going to be there this season? And the Canucks start off with a five-game road trip through Edmonton, Philly, Washington, Columbus, and Minnesota. Yeah, it's it's going to be crucial for them because, you know, in, in recent years, numerous times, but especially last season, you see what having a slow start can do to your prospects of being a successful team and making the playoffs because the Canucks played some tremendous hockey down the stretch, right? They were, they were a really good team from December onwards, and yet it was such an uphill climb, and there was so much pressure on them to win every single night that eventually, you know, they just sort of ran out of juice at the end of the year. But you know, if they can get off to a strong start, then you're playing from in front. Then you don't have that, you know, incredible pressure on your shoulders to win every single night just to try and get into the playoff picture, let alone to actually be a playoff team. So it's not going to be easy for them with that five-game trip to start. It feels like they, they've started that way a lot in recent years where they've been out on the road quite a bit. Uh, but if they can get off to a strong start, if they can return from that trip, say above 500 or even better than that, then that's a great platform for them to build on with you know more home games in, in the second half of, of October and into November to try and be a team that isn't playing catch-up all season long, but is a team that's right in that playoff conversation from day one. And if they can do that, then it sets up much better for them uh, in terms of their playoff hopes than if they get behind the eight ball again. They should be in the playoff mix. Like if you, I, I was reading an interview with Daryl Sutter uh, yesterday on, on Sportsnet, and he's talking about how the importance of centermen. And he likes the fact that they've got Nazem Kadri now. And, and, and he said that he didn't think his team was good enough down the middle last season, even though they had that great regular season. The Canucks down the middle? There aren't many teams with the strengths that they have with JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, and Bo Horvat. Now, who knows if Pettersson's going to play center or JT Miller's always going to play center. Bo Horvat is, but you know, even if you have JT Miller and Bo Horvat down the middle and Pettersson on the wing, you're still looking good at center. Absolutely you are. And I expect Boudreaux to try and play all three of those guys down the middle as much as possible. Of course, you know, injuries could play into that as we saw at times last year but you know Boudreaux's talked about this numerous times he mentioned it to me it was one of the very first things I talked to him about when he came in as the head coach and I asked him you know what he sees as the the positives of the group that he was taking over at that point that was you know at an incredible low after the way things had gone in the first portion of the season last year and he said you know we've got a, a franchise goaltender was the first thing he said but the second thing he said was We've got three great centermen, and if you put those three guys up against the top three centermen on most other teams in the league, you know he would take those three guys over over most other other groups. So, you know, I, I expect that that's the way they'll they'll line up 
when they can. What the interesting part to me is going to be is who fits with who on the wing because they have all that winger depth now because they didn't move anyone out over the summer, so they've got Garland coming back. They're bringing in Kuzmenko. Where's Pod Colson going to fit in? What about Hoaglander? There are all these questions on the wings that, you know, I imagine we'll get a pretty early answer to in training camp because, you know, it seems clear that Bruce Boudreaux is much more likely to choose his lines and stick with them as opposed to, you know, Travis Green, who would tweak them quite a lot. So that'll be the interesting part of day one of training camp for me once we get there in a couple of weeks is is what Boudreaux's thinking in terms of how he's going to, you know, shape up the forward lines. But, yeah, absolutely. You know, on paper, this is a team that should be in, the playoff mix and the Pacific is a really interesting division to me because it's not the best division in hockey, but I think it's going to be competitive for those playoff spots. You know, the Oilers coming off their playoff run last year have, you know, brought in Jack Campbell. They've solidified the crease to a certain extent. You know, what are the flames going to be? Are they going to pick up right where they left off, even though, you know, they've changed two core pieces up front. Can the Kings continue to progress? What about Vegas? And the Canucks are right in that conversation, too. So I think it's going to be compelling. And, you know, much like any season, a lot of it is going to be determined by, you know, sort of the happenstance of what happens once you get into the games. I don't think any of us would have predicted at the start of last season that Vegas would miss the playoffs, but they were hampered by injuries, and and that's what ended up happening. So, you know, as you look ahead to next season, I think it's going to be a fight for the Canucks to get into the playoffs. And I think what may determine, you know, whether they are a playoff team at the end of the season or not is kind of how the breaks go, you know, whether they stay healthy, whether they're guys that had career years last year can come back and replicate that or whether there's some sort of regression or or whether they go through some sort of key injury issues. And then, of course, you know, how that affects all the other teams in the division as well. I remember at the beginning of last season being worried about the Canucks penalty kill and thinking, wow, they've had a lot of turnover in, in the personnel there. You know, uh, Sutter wasn't, wasn't healthy. Uh, he was such an important part. Uh, you know, of course, Edler had gone to Los Angeles. There were just, there, there had been changes. I know of course, and Tyler Mott was hurt. So I remember being worried about it, but I didn't think it would be as bad as it was. And if you look at the things that really sunk the Canucks, at the beginning of last season, the PK was definitely, it might've been actually at the top of the list of all the things that sunk the Canucks, like more than Pedersen's struggles, more than, uh, you know, a bad vibe because of the coaching situation or, or whatever. The PK was historically bad. Uh, the Canucks have made some additions in Curtis Lazar and McKayev. It should on paper be better, but is it still a, a potential weakness for the Canucks or something that we really need to be focusing on? Well, it would be hard for it to be worse, I think, uh, because, you know, at that start of the season, uh, you know, I think something like through the first 25 games, it was like historically the worst penalty kill on record in the NHL. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but it was dreadful. And it, it shifted almost overnight after the coaching change uh, to be a situation where it was just normal bad. It wasn't horrifically bad. And that made a big difference for the Canucks. So if that penalty kill can even take another step this year to, you know, not be an elite penalty kill or even a top 10 penalty kill, but just a middle of the road penalty kill in the NHL, I think that would be huge 
for this Canucks group. Um, It's going to be in focus. You know, I think both special teams should be in focus going into the year because, uh, you know, there, there will be pressure on the Canucks power play to produce. And there are more options in terms of guys that can play that power play uh, with some of the wingers they brought in in the off season. So, um, you know, that's going to be a factor too, but absolutely, you know, you talk about getting off to a strong start. A big part of that is making sure that your special teams aren't shooting you in the foot early in the year, and that's exactly what happened last season. The Canucks penalty kill, it felt like every other time they took a penalty, the puck was in their net. And, you know, it goes without saying that you can't win hockey games if you, you know, can't afford to take even one or two penalties a game. So uh, I would imagine it will be vastly improved. I really like the addition of Mikheyev there in particular. I think Lazar will be a good fit as well. Uh, so you hope that that means that, you know, the penalty kill at least gives them, you know, some, some more margin for error when, when they're in the box. But um, I guess that remains to be seen. It, it, it would surprise me if it's anywhere near close to as bad as it was last year, though, because, I, I, you know, even if there hadn't been a coaching change, I don't know if it was possible for a penalty kill in the NHL to, you know, sustain that level of poor performance. It was truly that dreadful. Have you started to put any line combinations together in your head? I've been thinking about it, but, you know, I, I kind of do this a few times over the summer is, you know, whether it's when they bring in a new player or, you know, just thinking about it, try and sit down and, and figure out what the lines might look like. And every time I've done it, I've come up with a different combination. So, um, you know, I, I wonder if they want to sort of go with with tandem so if you have two guys together on a line yeah. you know I, I would look at maybe Miller and Pod Colson being a good fit I think they played some good hockey together last year could you put Pedersen and Besser back together who do you think might fit well with Horvat if you know you wanted to play more of a shutdown role is that a good spot for Mikheyev you know the, the, that's kind of sort of the the gray sort of initial conversations that I have with myself about where I would be looking at the lines. But again, that's why I'm so fascinated to see what Boudreaux's thinking when they step onto the ice for training camp in Whistler is because uh, it could be vastly different from, from sort of the things I'm thinking of, and it'll be really interesting to see and then to get a chance to talk to him about what he's looking for from his forward group and, and where he sees things fitting in. Because for me, I would look at it as Miller's probably going to be your one center, so your number one center, so yeah. that's going to be a, a line that you're looking for for offense. I would imagine you'd be looking to use Horvat in a shutdown role, which means you might want to try and carve out some minutes for Pedersen where he's playing against the third defensive pairing or the third and fourth line uh, of other teams? And, and does that give him an opportunity to get off to a strong start to the season if they can get him some favorable matchups? Because, um, you know, as much as it's important for the team to get off to a strong start, it may be more important for Elias Pedersen to get off to a strong start after the way things went for him early last year. How different do you think training camp is going to be under Bruce Boudreaux as compared to Travis Green? Very. Uh, I don't expect that we're going to see the the bag skates. I don't expect we're going to see guys lying in the corner or throwing up behind the net or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, it felt like every year uh, over the last few years, the the conversation was about who struggled most in the fitness uh, portion of the the skates. Um, I, I would imagine Boudreaux probably wants to work on systems a little bit more. Uh, will probably be less about conditioning. 
Um, you know, these guys are NHL players in this day and age, right? It's, it's not a situation yeah. where guys are showing up to camp to get into shape. And I would imagine that, that Boudreaux wants to come in, wants to get things set up the way he wants this team to play early so that hopefully, you know, they're a well-oiled machine in terms of their mm-hmm. systems play and in terms of, um, you know, the way that they try to attack games so that when the puck drops, uh, in October, they're they're ready to go right from the bat because that that road trip is going to be a tough test, and you know there is going to be a lot of pressure on them to have success while they're away from home right at the start of the year. And and batch last but not least, um, how much better are you feeling about Manchester United? Oh my goodness, it's night and day. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, it's like a, a switch flicked. Uh, I I don't know what Eric Ten Hag did, but I'm I'm very happy that he did it. I, I you know it seems like it the switch flipped they uh they lost to Brentford and then he made them run I think it was like 13 kilometers the next day and ever since then they've uh they've uh, been on fire so you know what maybe conditioning is uh, is the way to go I guess we'll see uh how many one actually one more final question because I'm I'm a little bit worried about England uh uh at the World Cup um and I I I I know that there's some potential candidates on Manchester United uh would you pick Harry Maguire if you were Gareth Southgate? It, it's tough because when he's played in an England shirt, he's done well. And he's been a key part of a lot of the success they've had in recent years, of course, going to the finals of the Euro. But at the same time, can you pick a guy that's not playing every week for his club team? And, and right now he's not. You know, He's come on as a substitute a little bit here and there. But he's essentially been replaced by Rafael Varane and Lissandro Martinez over the last few weeks in United's back four. And, uh, you know, if, if he's not playing regular soccer on a week-to-week basis, I almost don't see how you can pick him for the England squad, or at least not play him in the starting 11. Maybe you've got him in the team. But, um, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting question for me, not only with Harry Maguire, but with Luke Shaw at Manchester United too, mm-hmm. because, you know, he of course was their starting left back at the Euros and he's been replaced by Malassia there too. So there are a lot of interesting questions uh, for Gareth Southgate and I'm going to be really interested to see what sort of team he picks. Batch, this was great, bud. Thanks a lot for doing it. We appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, boy. Thank you. Uh, Brendan Batchelor, play-by-play voice of the Vancouver Canucks and noted Manchester United supporter. And England supporter. And England supporter. The they're, they're, Maguire and Sharp going to go. Unfortunately, for better or for worse, they'll be on the squad. Mm-hmm. There's no Southgate's too Sancho, Rashford, Sancho and Rashford are there for sure. You think so? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, at the beginning of the year, they were like most they've been people were better. They're off. They've been better in the few matches since Rashford started playing as the nine, the striker up mm-hmm. front, and Sancho's there just because he's too good. Yeah. Um, Who's in form for England right now? Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, it's not. The, it's not great it's, right it's now. not any of the backs. Yeah. It's not John Stones. It's not Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have issues at the back. Um, and Jordan Pickford just got injured. He's out for a month with oh, a good. thigh injury. Right. Could open the door for Ramsdale or for Nick Pope. Uh, Liverpool went to the old stomping grounds of Maradona. Yeah. Uh, yesterday and got thrashed 4-1. to one. That was actually going to be my What We Learned, which is a reminder to all the listeners to text in your What We Learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line. At 650-650, we will read them on the other side. My question, it it wasn't so much of what we learned. I guess it was of what we learned. I learned that Liverpool is struggling. My question for you is, what is going on with this? No midfield. They didn't make a significant buy in the summer 
to strengthen their midfield. They just brought Nunez in to replace the outgoing Sadio Mane. There's lots of good, uh, good, good memes going around. Romane says he's currently dealing with a back injury because he's been carrying Liverpool for all these years. But it's it's the midfield. It really is like starting James Milner, yeah, who is nine thousand years old in like a pivotal Champions League match away at Napoli, and they don't they're not defending very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apparently, Trent Alexander Arnold. I love watching him play. He can deliver and whip a ball like few people can. He's a tremendous striker of the ball. Mm-hmm. He's a horrific defender. He's an offensive defenseman. He's Keith Yandel. <laughs> He's Keith Yandel. <laughs> I, I love Jurgen Klopp, by the way, getting asked if he could be sacked this early in the season. That's what and, 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 and listen, like uh, Chelsea just sacked their manager who had had some recent success. Who's also German. Uh, <laughs> he he goes, uh, he was, so like, this is the type of questions like you get, like, you just like, are you worried about getting fired? And he said, not really, but who knows? Uh, he said the difference is we have different kinds of owners. Of course, it's the Fenway Sports Group. Right. He said ours are more calm and expect me to sort it and not think that someone is else will. That's how they see it. They, the day they change their thoughts, they might tell me. Well, the big thing with FSG and Liverpool is the complaint is that they haven't paid enough and spent enough with regards to the current squad. Um, they had the buy with Nunez, which cost them a lot of money, but yeah. they have it like, so Chelsea spent 270 million euro. I want to say it was the most ever spent in a transfer market window. Um, United spending is obviously well regarded. Now, what do these two clubs have in common? There's foreign American ownership deep pocketed that is supposed to do the big splash. Mm-hmm. Arsenal had a massive, massive window and brought in a, a bunch of guys, and it's paid off. They got off to a great start to the season, although they lost to United last weekend. That's um, Kroenke. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea is you bring in foreign ownership, be it oil money, be it American ownership, and they spend and they spend and they spend, and that's how you win in the Premier League. Liverpool's spending, comparatively speaking, especially this past transfer window with no significant midfielder coming in, has come under a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. And it's a fact, because it's it's Liverpool. It's a global, iconic mm-hmm. brand. You would think that that would be at the top of their priorities. But, Keep investing in the squad. But that they there is the argument that at Fenway Sports Group is spread across so many things now. With, they spent it all on Malkin and right? Latang. That was a big investment. <laughs> a big investment. So anyway, it'll be interesting to watch that moving forward. Uh, we got to go to break. When we come back, what we learns, we'll do ours. We'll read yours. 650-650 Dunbar-Lumber text line. It's your chance to be on the radio. That's all coming up next in the final half hour of the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Eight thirty-one on a Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. Halford Bruff Sportsnet 650. This hour of Halford and Bruff is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. This hour is also brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. They have three dealerships to serve you better. North Shore Acura, Acura of Langley, and Burrard Acura on Terminal Avenue. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Final half hour of the program. That means it's what we learn time. 
it's your chance, dear listeners, to be on the radio. Hashtag it, WWL. Tell us what you learned over the last 24 hours in sports. Text it to 650-650. That is the Dunbar Lumber text line. It is the Smalt alternative. We're going to turn it over to a dog and B-Ben. That's basketball, Ben. I just shortened it up. B-Ben? B-Ben. 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 Wow. You know what? B-Ben is not bad. B-Ben. B-Ben. You guys are going to start what we learned. Who wants to go first? A-Dog goes first. Okay, A-Dog. Yeah, I learned that uh, yesterday our uh, co-worker, Fast Eddie Gregory, is now the new play-by-play voice for the Vancouver Giants. I saw this. Congratulations to Eddie. Congrats are in order, following a long lineage of talented Giants broadcasters, including Brendan Batchelor. Yeah, that's right. I mean, of course, we worked with Eddie at the old station. He's been in here for a while as well. I mean, he's he's a a vet of the industry, so it's really cool to see him get rewarded like this. Do you guys think that even with practice, you you could do play by play. No, 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 no chance. I think I, think I might be able to. Ooh, <laughs> okay. I like your call. Well, really? When I you think first so? thought about doing radio, way when I was like eighteen, way back in the day, it was like I think I want to do play by play. Then I thought about it more. I'm like, now that seems really hard. I want something easier. Um, I doing it. Blake told me because Blake Price, our, our former uh, employee. Not employee, or former coworker. <laughs> he works for me now. Yeah, um, I have him do things around the house. I download his podcast. Like you missed spot in the kitchen him. there, bud. Yeah, <laughs> um, he 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 did. He's done a bunch of different play-by-play mm-hmm. in all different sports. Yeah, and he was telling me he did like rugby, soccer, yeah. like BCHL, mm-hmm. where the play can get pretty frenetic mm-hmm. at times, like a little choppy. Right, there's a lot of like neutral zone where the puck just kind of bounces off sticks. Yeah, and he's like, that's tough to call. And at a certain point, you just have to not say anything. The Powell River Paper Kings are a little sloppy today. I think it's the Paper Kings. Is it? It used to be. Is it the Paper Kings still? I thought they changed the name. Maybe it's just the Kings now. It's the Kings. Any, anywho, um, I I don't... Who's on the phone? What? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I don't think I'd have a remote possibility of being able to do play-by-play. It involves so much. Having worked, and again, talking about the NBC days, we hearken to the past. I remember they gave us the tour of the broadcast truck that was parked outside Madison Square Garden for a routine Tuesday night game between the the visiting Carolina Hurricanes and the Rangers for NHL on NBC. The amount that goes into the production, the amount of stuff that you have to, as a play-by-play guy on television, you have to hear in your head, just constant stream of, we got to go here. We got to do this. This replay's coming up on two. We're going out in 30 seconds. Don't forget to say this going out to break. It is like mental gymnastics like you would not believe. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could do it. And on top of it, you have to try and not make any mistakes when the game's in front of you. I just don't think my brain could keep up. No, it'd be too difficult. There'd be lots of odd silences like we just had when Ben told me that Andy was on the phone. Oh, okay. Well, I just like, didn't want to be talking into the mic and then just voices behind me and stuff no no i know i thought you said it on the air I'm oh like, don't no. say that on there that's for that's how the sausage is made you have to yeah sometimes you can't tell if it's on the air or if it's we'd just be in li- your ear we'd yeah. be lousy play-by-play guys because we don't know what's live like, what did you say yeah that, and, goal, that, that and, goal actually didn't go in and, what what's that we get a moo cow for eddie yes moo, yeah and also moo cow eddie <laughs> an appropriate send off as he goes to work for the giants we give him a good old-fashioned moo cow uh do you have a what we learned ben I do. It's been a slow building one, okay. which all came to fruition today with one of our guests. But 
I learned that we should be all cheering for the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl this year. We're all on board. I think we have to all be on board. Everybody. The Seahawks aren't going to be great. And the talk on this show for the last couple of days has been about that four straight Super Bowl losses before my time, but that seems devastating. I'm willing to adopt them. Yeah. I'm willing to adopt I, them now. I think we should. I, well, here's the thing. That's what I've learned. Uh, is that good for the Bills if we adopt them? Mm. We do not have the greatest luck. Good point. When we support teams. Don't bring that mess on me, the Bills mm. have said to our show. Don't bring that mess around us. I did support the Chiefs and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I kind of adopted them. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes somehow managed to avoid the rough jinx. Somehow. the Super Bowl. Yeah. You killed the Brewers when you got killed on the that Brewers, bandwagon. Because yeah. I didn't believe enough uh, or I didn't care enough. I Here's the thing. Sometimes I feel like if you don't consciously acknowledge the jinx, you can neither use it in a genuine, earnest way. Because like, you know how some people say, oh, Bruff should um, support this team so that the Bruff jinx happens to them. Yeah, you can't and then, force it. It becomes very disingenuous and uh, like it lacks originality and, and authenticity at that point. So I would say if you throw your wholehearted support behind a team and just leave the jinx part behind, I think there's a real sense of genuine support. You want them to do this. I am, again, I'm not one for adopting teams, like buying the gear and everything, but I do think that this to me... In light of the fact that the Seahawks season is shaping up to be so underwhelming, this for me will be something that I can get on board with. We could have like uh, a Halbro experience where we do the whole Buffalo thing. We've also been to Buffalo. I know what those people have to go through. We could throw Andy onto a collapsible table. Yeah. Like the Off Bills Mafia. Yeah. yeah. We While set, barbecuing. We, yeah, we could set you on fire. And then our gigantic body splash would put you out. Mm -hmm. I don't think Hopefully. that's in my contract. We could we could have like an outhouse put into the studio. Yeah, we could do <laughs> that. Use. We could do that. And Jumping then, and then tip it over drunkenly at the end of each show. Andy, hey, have you ever seen Jackass on. before? Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, give us a moo cow on that. All right, we will head to the listeners now. Mike, the grad student, what we learned for a big England fan. I'm surprised you haven't commented on the biggest news story of the day that the Queen isn't doing well. Uh, we, of course, have been monitoring it, but uh, didn't want to say anything. Uh, the Queen is not doing well. Uh, expectations are seem to be uh, teetering uh, that she is going to pass. Um, Mike and I were talking earlier in the show about, um, just how long she's been the queen. Her reign has been since 1952. Think of all the things that she's seen oh, yeah. in her life. Mm -hmm. Uh, there will always be commentary about the monarchy. Um, and especially when something like this happens, uh, there will be debates about whether the monarchy has been good for the world, whether it's good for Canada, whether it's good for England, whether we should still have a queen or soon to be king. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I would prefer to focus today or my focus is going to be um, just on the remarkable life that she's lived and all the things she's seen because it is pretty incredible. Um I just like, like the Royals or not, um, you can't deny, like Mike and I were talking about, um, like she had been queen for 14 years when England won the world cup yeah. in 1966. England won the world cup's old hat for the queen. 
She yeah. saw it already. She's seen it. Um, I would like to add in classic Halford flippant style. I did not realize the the lyrics to "God Save the Queen" change because she's been the queen forever. Well, I didn't yeah. Realize I did. I just I you, it, you change it to king or queen. God save the king. Yeah. So when England participates at the World Cup, it could very it well could be change. God save the but king. I, yeah. But I but that would not have mm-hmm. ever. Um, I would not have been aware of that because she has been the queen for so long, and the lyrics have been "God save the queen." For so long, I don't want to mook out this. Let's not mook out. Well, this. we don't. It was it was it was a listener uh, <laughs> good. Okay, submission. Good. Good. Was a monarchy talk ever big in your guys' households? No, hey, rough year. Dad's British. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it is because my dad uh, is from England and yeah. s- supports the monarchy. Uh, my mom's from Newfoundland and does not. <laughs> so mm. we have some uh, interesting discussion. We have some 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 fun debates. Um, it's not it's not too too serious. Um, you know, I, I, I think that like my, my mom will say things like, what, what does the monarchy even do for England? I'm like, I don't know. At the very least it helps tourism, yeah. you know, yeah. sell some newspapers, yeah. you know, money people like to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, what we learned from Jay in East Van, the Vancouver Canadians are going to the playoffs. Summer does last a couple more weeks in Vancouver. Yeah. Congratulations to the Vancouver Canadians. I guess a few more opportunities to get out to the Nat and, uh, the weather looks good for September. I love the weather in September. Yeah. I mean, I, I got a buddy of mine. He was texting me. He's like, I'm going to the seas game tonight. I'm like, oh yeah, you still gotta, when does summer officially end? What's the drop dead date? September 21st. Okay. So it's that late. Yeah. I was shocked by that. Someone, I just have no idea. I knew that way too fast. Yeah. Yeah, You did know that quick. My 11 year old son knew that like off the top of his head. He's like, you know, summer isn't actually over until, so he was trying to make the argument that school shouldn't start until. Summer's over, so they shouldn't go to school until September 21st. This is a question that a 46-year-old probably shouldn't be asking, but are all the seasons the exact same length? Oh, in terms of days? Yeah. So three... Like it, is, well, is, is 365 divisible by well, four. No, okay. No. Like it's, are you at a point where you're, uh, the, that's your, an odd the number. kids are asking like, you questions and you're just like, I don't know the answer to that? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. What would parents no, no, have no, done but, before like, Google? Just make yeah, stuff up? But are they all three months long? Like, Exactly. Three months long. 365 divided yeah, by four is 91.25. So roughly every season is 90 days. No, but the, you could have a situation where you, you've you got like a, a long, long, summer and winter are longer than spring and fall. I just, these are the things that I don't know yet. And these are the things that a, a producer and an op should be Googling I frantically. I just did. Not all seasons are created equal. Winter is 89 days long. Autumn is 90 days. Spring is 93. They're all about, what about three summer? months. So Summer's summer is 94 days. Right. So is right. summer the longest season? Yeah. Okay. And, but it's all within five days of one another. So, I mean, yes, you are technically. But is that just in North? What about, what about in, in, in countries like along the equator? Or does it change in upside down land, Australia? I don't, yeah, what do, I, don't uh, what, I don't know. These are the things that I don't know. Is this something you think about often? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. Cause he brought it up in the middle of the show. Apropos yeah. of absolutely nothing. <laughs> Uh, Daniel and Comox, what we learned, the BMW PGA Championships this week are going to be heated. Ian Poulter and Billy Horschel already had a little tiff on the putting green. I saw that. I saw that. And Rory has been chirping that the live guys won't be ready to play four rounds of golf. I think he actually said they'd be, he's like, well, it'll be the, it'll be Sunday. So they'll be tired by then. Like, oh, Rory. How funny is that though? You scamp. He is pretty (laughs) funny. There's the very... God, they're not even subtle anymore. There's no subtlety to this. I thought Rory's Rory, going to throw hands with Poulter. They looked angry. <laughs> Rory's actually hilarious. Remember when they, they moved that, um, I think it was a world golf 
tournament, they moved it from a Trump course down to Mexico. And Rory made this little comment. He's like, I guess we'll just have to jump over the wall and go down right, to, go yeah. down to Mexico. There, there's, yeah, again, like no subtlety whatsoever, right? It's great because the guy, I, I watched like a minute and a half of uninterrupted Shane Lowry. It's like he's genuinely bonafidely pissed. That he, and he called them, like, these live guys are showing up and disrupting yeah. what we're trying to do here. It's a big tournament for, I know. for the, well, that's for the, the thing. European tour. And, yeah. and he said, he's like, they are, they're screwing up what we're trying to do here. Like, mm-hmm. there's genuine angst and animosity. Yeah. It's great to see play out, right? And, like, I mean, because, like, I think... Yeah, Billy Horschel was very much in Ian Poulter's right. face. And, like, Ian Poulter's got a face where you're like, <laughs> you've you got a punchable face. You can punch it, sure, right? Yeah. Like, you could absolutely sure. punch it. He's in that pantheon. There's I would other not. Guys. I, I actually, I actually find Ian Poulter quite entertaining. And since I support Europe and the Ryder Cup, I've I like Ian Poulter because he's been so clutch at the Ryder Cup. But um, I, I like his personality. Oh, like he's his I face. Mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, what it is? Mm-hmm. He's got a punchable face. It's just I, his face. I have a power ranking of media people with punchable faces in our industry. I can't say who's on it, obviously, but. Um, I've shared it with other people and everyone at the exact same time is like, yep, that is right. And that is accurate. I can, I can decipher and identify and rank a punchable face. Like nobody's business. Everyone has a unique skill. This is yours. Some call it my superpower. <laughs> Spoiler. Neither of you guys are on it. You don't have punchable faces. Lots you guys are good. Thank you. That's nice. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, well, on it. Yeah, what we say, learned to nervous right now. Sloppy nachos. Yeah, I'm nervous about a Halford punch. <laughs> no, not me punching. <laughs> Let's make it clear, just so there's no HR violation. I'm just yeah. putting the list together of a punchable face. Right, and then people can do what they want with that list. Yeah, right? <laughs> can you imagine? Like the argument for putting up an article. Like, you know? you, you'd have that argument in <laughs> HR. is like, I'd like to show you this list. I mean, it, at least is it a mitigating factor? Halford's got this athletic article up. <laughs> and most punchable media. See, no, no, no. The list says people to kill, not people I want. To, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Okay. Um, what were you just going to do there? Uh, sloppy nachos. Yeah, sloppy nachos. God, I love that name. It's good. Uh, what we learned, if the Mariners playoff drought is old enough to drink, then does that mean the Canucks cup drought is three years away from the seniors discount at Denny's? That's so good. What is the seniors discount? 55? Yeah. It's gotta be 55. Remember we, so (laughs) in our early stages of our career, Ruff and I were not opposed to finding a good cheap meal Mm -hmm. because we used to work together and we'd go get breakfast. We did the birthday breakfast at Denny's. I distinctly remember that. Yeah. Because you get a free meal at Denny's. I love Denny's. You do. I absolutely love Denny's. And she, she, I guess the waitress had probably been conned enough times that she didn't really want to ask for our ID. Like she wanted to take it at face value, but uh, intrinsically, sort of, intrinsically, yeah, she knew that. Yeah. <laughs> your grand slam. What, what do you want, hon? Happy birthday. <laughs> um, did, I, you, <laughs> did you go to Denny's a lot after the bar when you were in your 20s? Not really. I we mean, used I, to do I the, had done it. You know the Denny's we definitely on did the late night Denny's. Yeah, Denny's. The, the Denny's on Broadway. Next we would to K- KP Kids Pub. Yeah, next yeah. to Kids Pub, we would do uh, the bar and then the casino on Broadway. Okay. And then we'd go to Denny's. Like we knew the servers at Denny's. <laughs> there was a guy named Sammy there that was awesome. Sammy, and you'd at walk Denny's? in He's and you'd there. be real loud. You'd be like Sammy. He'd be like, Oh God. <laughs> Why? Uh, this do kid I... is back. This guy wants the super bird. That was... <laughs> He knows That's your order. says when he comes in, just give me the super, super bird, bird now. The super bird, I'll Sammy. take the usual. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was Slide like- Slide it down um, a counter for some reason. 
Did you ever go to Sue Hang's on Granville? Right? No. no? You, been. You've been before, right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I always I felt, want the duck. Yeah, I always, I would get the duck. I always felt bad for the wait staff there because they, they had the patience of like patience, not like yeah, actual yeah, they the, of 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 Buddhist monks. Because mm-hmm. so many people would come in there and just be completely obliterated. Can I get some cold tea? Yeah. Wink, 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 wink. I'll never forget we went in. So that was. The, do you know what we're talking about here? No. If you <laughs> wanted to get uh, booze after hours. Wait, 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 come on. Let's not screw them over here. They don't exist anymore. It's a whole new restaurant. uh, It's still there, though, I think. It's called Cold Tea. Is it? So it's obviously a nod and a wink to what was going on. Oh, is it called Cold Tea now? Yes. Really? Yes. Got him. You're old. I'm out out of it. I'm out of it. If you wanted to get beer after hours, you'd say, could I get some cold tea? In which case, they'd bring you beer in a teapot. Interesting. So we went in there one time, and my buddy's like, I got some cold tea. And then they're like, it's 8.30 at night. Like, yeah, you can he, just order beer. We're, we're licensed. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was so drunk. He thought it was after the bar. But I'm like, no, yeah. buddy, the lights, it's still light out. You can get, just order beer. No, no. Don't put them the, in this I position. I want the tea that is cold, yeah. not the beer. Yeah, they're just like, would you, Molson Canadian? All right. The wait, the wait staff is like, this is why we hate this place. This is why we don't like this. Uh, Marcus and Gibson's what we learned. It's the most exciting season with the start of the NFL and also the most annoying season with the start of fantasy football and having to hear about everyone's team. Not going to do it. There will be no, again, what's the, the pantheon of stories nobody wants to hear. Uh, bad beats you suffered in poker. Mm-hmm. No one cares. Yeah. Uh, your golf how, game, how your, your golf, golf game, game nobody cares. Yeah, what you're working on in your golf game, nobody cares. I care, Jason. I asked you yesterday. Uh, yeah, but did you ask him on the air or off the air? Off I the asked air. Him off the air. There you go, <laughs> because that's a you problem. Don't encourage him. What are you doing? Exactly. Yeah, uh, but I I wouldn't bore you with it. Like I I wouldn't I wouldn't sit there and be like I, I just like I think I'm I, I got the inside takeaway. I just, just can't get rid of that. You know what he's talking about, and I don't care. Um, and fantasy football teams are right at the top of that list because it means nothing to nobody except for you. Mm-hmm. If you have Justin Herbert at quarterback and Devonte Adams at wide receiver, that only applies to you. No one else cares. See, the text inbox now is is as usual, just a, just a complete mess. <laughs> Everyone uh, wants to know about the list. Gary the atheist texts. I'll in. never tell. Yeah, well, there, here's another one. the The Southern Hemisphere winter is our summer. So if our summer is 94 days long, wouldn't that mean their winter is 94 days long, making their longest season winter if ours is summer? See, this is why I asked the question, but I don't have the answer. I barely had the answer. See, how what I don't days? like is I grew up thinking the 21st of X month was always the start of the season, but it's like the 22nd Isn't now it, sometimes. They switch March, it back and forth. March, June, September, December. 21st? Yeah, but it always used to be the 21st, but sometimes it's the 22nd now. It's like they See, I didn't even the know that. Up. I didn't even know the yeah. 21st was no. like the key yeah. day. Sometimes I have no idea. The, I, I grew up knowing, thinking that, and then somewhere along the line, they're like, nah, it's also the 22nd, but we're not going to tell you. It's just, it is or it isn't. Because that's the longest day of the year, June 21st. Yeah. And the shortest day of the year is December 21st. Yeah. Right. But there's been times where it's been like March 22nd is the first day of spring. Or like, what's the... And then in Australia, it's all reversed. Can we go to school with your 11-year-old for a day? (laughs) He doesn't learn this stuff. (laughs) He's just way too complicated. Yeah, he just knew. He just knew. I don't know. He knew it, though? Yeah. Really? He's a, he did well. He was big into uh, not going back to school, so he mm-hmm. was trying to figure out how long summer officially is and how he could try and read. <laughs> he is your son. <laughs> yeah. How can I skim a couple of weeks off the top of school here? And he's like, "Oh, we should go back on the twenty first. Um, 
Do you guys get the, uh, having lived in Vancouver for a while, yep. do you get the, the weather dread like I do? Mm. Like, I, I know that the, the, the you know ba- it's coming. The bad months are coming. See, maybe I'm weird, but I like dark and rain and cool. Like, as long are you as it- goth or <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah. That's weird. As as- and you wearing a little eyeshadow today, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Why are not over there? Yeah, you having a like, crisis of some sort? You coming, talk about <laughs> coming back from break. Every song is My Chemical Romance. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Gonna go and watch the crow for hours in a row. <laughs> Andy, it's not even Halloween. You're some dressed up. Listening yeah, to this yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Furious calling up the station. I don't. This is anti-goth. We don't appreciate. Um, uh. I know. I just like the dark and the cold and rain. As long as, it, as long as it sounds, <laughs> as long as it sounds so weird. Yeah, it's I know. Not, it's I know. It's weird. As long as it's not freezing cold. Like I don't like cold weather. If it's like nice and cool and it's a little dark, a little rainy out. Oh, I hate it. See, I don't man. mind that. I hate it. I, well, I have you worked mornings? Oh, dude, eight years in a row. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't want two months of that, but like once in a while, it's nice. When, when, working mornings when you come out and it's cold, raining. Windy. I would describe the weather as lonely. Yeah. You know, like you, you get yeah. outside and you just got that. Am I the only person here? Yeah, but if you're inside with a nice cup of coffee or something, it's so relaxing. I feel like this is all just a building to an apex to where you remind us that Halloween is in the <laughs> oh, fall man. and you love Halloween. Oh man, I can't wait. So I've excited. never seen a grown adult so emotionally invested in Halloween. <laughs> well, before. I'm barely an adult. I mean, let's, That's be, true. let's be fair here. I am loving the text inbox right <laughs> so now. So many people are upset. <laughs> Angry Paul texted in. This is the worst stretch to the finish line ever. And there have been some awful finishes. <laughs> so many like people terrible are terrible fundament- finishes. Fundamentally upset that we don't know the seasonal breakdown well, it's, or it's how the hemispheres work. It's this complicated. Is, this is all big hemisphere just playing on your week. There's no such thing. See, if, they, t- if they just got rid of daylight savings time, this would all be so yeah, much does, easier. Yeah, just get rid of daylight savings time. There are the, like hemispheres don't really exist. There, there is uh, <laughs> time what? doesn't really <laughs> exist. <laughs> what? We are just Covers all inhabitants of one Earth, and it rotates. And there's no north and south. Mm-hmm. We are all together in one hemisphere. Here's a text. You guys are brutal. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the 21st is the cutoff, then it stands to reason that the 26th, 22nd would be the all caps here. First full day of the next season. The only changes are what time of day on the 21st the season actually changes. Is that too confusing? Yes. It was really confusing. Yes. yes. <laughs> what, what do we have time? We have time of day now? What's going on here? I'll tell you what's confusing is you your lost grammat- me as you said you guys are brutal. After that, yeah. I was just checked out. I'll tell you what's confusing is your grammatical comprehension here. I don't, I, that made no sense to me whatsoever. We need some commas. I could read, yeah, definitely. Throw in some punctuation. That's All right. confusing. Uh, so the NFL kicks off tonight. Uh, enjoy. The Bills and the Rams. <laughs> can, can I just jump in? <laughs> sure. this is the Why per- not? What this the is hell? the perfect embodiment of our show. Uh, we have a text here. <laughs> Spring begins on the march of the Vernal Equinox. And then this is signed by a guy who calls himself Snoop the Dog. Yeah. <laughs> if that's not the show in a nutshell, I don't know what is. Thank yeah. you, Snoop the Dog, for teaching us what the Vernal Equinox is. <laughs> Although he didn't really. He just kind of used it with a bunch of other big words to make himself sound smarter. Than someone that signs their text, Snoop the dog. One final text. I'm looking forward to the next commercial. Well, enjoy it. Coming up soon, buddy. We got to get out of here for now, but we will be back tomorrow. If you thought today was crap, tomorrow's Ask Us Anything Friday. We throw all kinds of things at the wall that day. But that's tomorrow. You can get them in now if you want. Text the 650-650. But for now, we got to go. Signing off, uh, I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been Baben, and he has been the A-Dog. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.